are now listening to a very special edition of What the Bell with me, Bell. Come along as we go through Disney's new hit movie, Encanto. We discuss what that means for Latin community, how it actually hits on a deeper level, and how we all as Latins resonate with just about almost every character. All right, guys, let's start the show. Guys, 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 guys. Wow. When I say I slept on this movie, Encanto, is definitely an understatement. I know it came out around Thanksgiving. Um, I didn't see it, although I will say this, and you probably heard me say it many a times. <laughs> and if you didn't think about it, you should. My sister, Claudia, as you know, Claw, since the very beginning of this podcast, when it was called Sis Stop, she looks a whole lot like the character Mirabel in Encanto. That's all I'm saying. Adam brought it out first. I'm not even gonna like front like I did this whole discovery. Adam mentioned it first. And then now I just can't unsee it ever, especially because there was this time almost two years, maybe three years ago now, where my sister cut her hair really, really short. And I made fun of her and said she looked like George Washington, which was kind of true, even though I was being really mean, the bully big sister. Anyway, she looks just like that. I don't know if she's listening to this, but sis, you look like that. And that is that, especially now more than ever, since you're running for Congress and you're wearing all the Mexican wardrobe and shit for whatever. <laughs> so anyway, let's move on from that. I, but I had to throw that out there. So I am going to assume that you guys have already all seen this movie, but I do have to do my due diligence and give you the synopsis of the movie Encanto. The Madrigas are an extraordinary family who live hidden in the mountains of Colombia in a charmed place called Encanto. The magic of Encanto has blessed every child in the family with a unique gift. Every child except for Mirabel. However, she soon may be the Madrigal last hope when she discovers that the magic surrounding the Encanto is now in danger. Currently right now, Encanto has a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb and a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. It is an excellent movie if you have not seen it. I highly recommend it. Even if you do not have children, you can totally enjoy animated movies without having kids or having to have one with. Even if that means if you so randomly go to the movies by yourself and watch a kid's movie. I don't think it's creepy. Just don't be doing creepy things while you're in it, okay? While this movie is Latin and it can definitely resonate with so many Latin cultures, I do want to say that this family is Colombian, pure Colombian. Even though it's not true Colombian, they are Colombian. I was recently, and I said this on the podcast prior, my sister, Claw, was like, they're Mexican. I don't like it because they're trying too hard to be Mexican, ma'am. That's not the case. That's why she didn't enjoy the movie. So if you didn't know, now you know they're Colombian, okay? But for my side of the Latin spectrum, whatever, I thought this hit home so much from the colors to the music to everything. And may I just say that Lin-Manuel is the one who created all this brilliant and vivacious music. I know, right? Hamilton, all the other, and then this, like, come on now. Like, I am head over heels for it. So I was very proud. The cast is all people of color. I did not know, and I'm gonna be real honest with you. I did not know Maluma was in it. Um, that's really funny. I didn't know that the girl from Jane the Virgin, who was Jane's best friend in there, she, was also in it and she was the sister um, Isabella and it took me a minute to realize who Bruno was which I'll go down the list of the cast in a minute and we'll talk about it well not the cast but the characters because that's what I really want to talk about but Bruno we don't talk about Bruno I know I know we don't talk about Bruno but Bruno is played by John Leguizamo which is one of my favorite 
Latin um, actors and comedians. He is so funny. Like, look, I've been a fan for him for a very, very long time. And one of my favorite movies by him is The Pest. If you haven't seen it, go see it. And if you know, you know, like that's old school, like classic. So let's talk characters. Mirabel is the main character, which you are following through this journey and meeting her family, especially in the very beginning. But as you heard in the preview before, that I um, let you know that all of her family have magical powers, except for her. She's determined to prove that she belongs, denying to everyone, including herself, that she feels alone, even to her own house. Guys, the house is alive. I know that sounds weird, that sounds funny, but the house is literally alive. Not like talking alive, but you if you've seen it, you've seen it. You know, like the little plates move, everything, the shingles, the tiles. It helps you if you're in trouble, which I thought was really cool. And I was like, hey, yo, house, help me out and like, walk with me to the bathroom, you know, so I don't got to walk. And then you have Abuela Alma. So let me just tell you, we all have an Abuela Alma, whether she's actually a Abuelita or she's a Tia or she's your mother, whoever she is like, oh my God. But in this movie, Alma is the matriarch of the Madrigal family. And look, Abuela has sacrificed so much for the family in losing the love of her life and since she lost the love of her life, her family was given these powers, which if you've seen the movie, you know, you know, I don't got to really say much on that, but she values the gifts that are given to each of her family members, ensuring that they are going to be used to the benefit and to protect their community and to honor the sacrifice of the abuelo, which is Pedro, you know, the love of her life, right? Except for when she deals with Mirabel, but we'll get into that in a few. Juliet and Augustine, they are the parents of Isabella, Luisa, and Mirabel. And Juliet is the one with the magic, if you didn't know. Her magic is found in the food she lovingly prepares for all who needs it. Meanwhile, Augustine is somewhat of a fish out of water, having married into a magical family. Awkward, accident prone, he always has the best intentions, even when it comes to his daughters. But one thing I thought was really cool about her magic was that she can heal you if you're hurt, no matter what it is, with the food that she's eating. And I actually really, really like that. It spoke kind of, I don't know, it, it spoke to me in a way that how we in the Latin community use food to help heal us. Isabella, which is Mirabel's sister, is pretty much perfect with an abundance of grace and poise, not to mention the magical ability to make plants and flowers bloom. Now, let me just tell you, I wish I could do that because sometimes my garden is just like trash, guys. But no, in all honesty, her and Mirabel have that typical like sister dynamic going on to where they hate each other. So, Avi, I resonate with her. No, I'm just kidding. Um, now we come to Luisa. She's hardworking, determined, and she is so strong. This is Mirabel's other sister, and she was given the gift of super strength. She is a go-to person for all the heavy lifting and more, which, guys, I know you are no secret to her song that she has in the movie. Like, come on now. We all feel that's a heart, which we'll definitely get into in a few but I just wanted to introduce you to Luisa. Next, we have the Theo and Tia, Pepe and Felix, or I say Pepe, I mean Peppa and Felix, but they're the parents to Dolores, Camille, and Antonio. Peppa was gifted with the power to control the weather with her emotions. The forecast is often so unpredictable, guys, but her emotions are far-reaching and ever-changing. Felix, meanwhile, provides a grounding force for his deeply passionate wife. He's easygoing and often the life of the party. Guys, we all have an uncle like this. It's hilarious, and I'm pretty sure you can name somebody or you thought of somebody off the top of your head when you saw him pop up on the screen. Antonio is the youngest character 
in the Madrigal family. He is shy with a huge heart, but he also has a special connection to Mirabel. He relies on her for comfort and courage, especially on the important day when he finds out what his powers are going to be. Camille, he was born to entertain. His magical gift allows him to shape shift and be whoever he wants to be, which makes for some really, really funny moments within this movie. And then we have Dolores. Dolores is Mirabel's cousin who is actually the first to know the town's biggest secrets because she can hear anything. That's her superpower, which I think it is so cool. She can hear a pin drop. Guys, I feel like I'm kind of her. I'm so nosy, but I hear everything. I hear everything. Ask Adam. And then we have Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. Exactly. You guys thought it for sure. But Bruno has been estranged from his family for as long as Mirabel can remember. His gift though is to see the future and i just feel like he's misunderstood in this whole thing thank you to d23 for these beautiful little character tidbits i just wanted to make sure i was able to summarize the characters properly so now let's get into the thick and juicy okay so let's talk about abuela first off i got some problems with abuela i'm gonna be quite real with you is because she reminds me a lot of my grandmother in a sense and uh, no i don't hate my grandmother I love that woman to pieces, but she is definitely hard and is the matriarch of the family. And let me just tell you, this woman is so proud and so headstrong with her family and the way we need to be and see reminds me a lot of Abuela in this movie. But in this movie, Abuela really does treat Mirabel like she's an outcast because she doesn't have any powers, which really makes me mad it makes you know we see Mirabel go through all these things and she feels like she's not worth anything within the family and that she's left out and she's not special because everybody else is getting treated differently which I will 1000% say that yes definitely like I definitely resonate with that if not 100% at least 75% of that I mean, look, in the Latin community, if you are the oldest and the first, like, grandchild, the first daughter, you know, you are expected to live up to being overall perfect, right? But in this movie, the feeling of inadequacy within the family, you kind of are just like, well, shit, like, what else am I supposed to do? What, like, what can I do? I need to find what makes me special so that way I stand out and can make my family proud. I feel like a lot of us, no matter what, you know, you are, whether you're first, whether you're the oldest, the youngest, the middle child, whatever number you are on the grandchild list, you feel like that at some point. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be with the grandparent. It could be within your own little parental family unit that you're a part of. I know in some degree or form, we all strive to be special within our own family. But what do we do when we don't feel like that? And we don't voice it out because then it just seems like, oh, you're being so ungrateful. You just want all this attention. You need to be more respectful. You know, this, that, and the other. I mean, I'm a broken record because I, you know, have been told that so many times, right? At some point, you do everything you can to be a worthy member of the family, but things rarely work out in the way that you would want them to. This goes from taking on an extra job to help support the family financially, taking in one of your siblings because they want to move, they wanted to move to a new city, taking on our family's issues, even our parents' issues to help the family and put them all back together to seem like, oh, hey, I fixed this, praise me. I fixed this or I did that or I accomplished whatever, recognize the work that I'm doing for this family. This movie, 
touched on a more universal form of emotional trauma. And we know that Pixar and Disney and all of them will definitely give us the trauma, especially like in Nemo, right? But anyone who's ever felt like a disappointment to a parental figure will be particularly affected by this movie to the point that it might be hard to watch at times. Though the situation is resolved so beautifully, and yes, I did cry through some of this movie, it was a very tough journey to get there. I don't think you have to be a Latin to kind of understand and feel the way that I feel or the way that other Latins feel while watching this movie, but it definitely does a painfully beautiful job at portraying the intergenerational um, Latin family experience. You get to see the diversity between the older and younger generations in a Latin family. Look, I was born living in a multi-generational household built on a belief that you have to fit into a certain mold, live up to certain expectations that are not your own, or that you need to continue repeating toxic family behaviors because that's how it's always been. And that is what's at the core of the Madrigal family, which for some of us, we've been trying to get out of these toxic generational Ugh, family behaviors that we have grown up with and have taken into our adult lives. And, you know, right now, I think more than ever, especially us in our 30s, and you don't have to be 30, you can realize this at any age, that we are definitely a part of this generational trauma and living through it right now. A lot of us, including myself, you know, being in therapy, you realize a lot of that when you get to talk to somebody or when you actually get out into the real world and you say, holy shit, that's not normal. And you're like, crap. Why did they do this to me? Why was this? I want to say that's the best that they, you know, it's the best that they could do for us, right? That's all they knew. But it is. I don't like to make excuses, but it really is. Like they went through their own trauma that was worse and they didn't put us through that. And then now it's our turn to make sure that we are getting rid of the toxic familial, you know, behaviors that we've grown accustomed to and being and actually just accepting them because currently right now, I know that there are family behaviors, behaviors, even within my own family that shouldn't be tolerated and shouldn't be accepted. But yet here we are dealing with them. And look, I'm going to be the pot, the kettle and all the damn things, the mug, the spoon, the saucer and the fondue because I damn well know that a lot of that in my family, and I'll be real honest, has not changed. Am I working on it? You're damn straight. But it takes a whole village and it just takes time and you have to be persistent. And a lot of the times it comes off as disrespect, even though you're not being disrespectful and you're just trying to give more knowledge to the older generation, which may or may not budge. If they're open-minded, they're budge. If they really love and care about you, they will. But a lot of strong-minded and strong-willed Older men and women are abuelas, or abuelos, they are too prideful to apologize or to admit. And you know, you don't need an apology. Just know that if you've been working on your family like this, you don't need an apology from anybody. You just, the form of apology is seeing them correct what they have been doing and changing from here on out. And you know, guys, you know that you're not the only one who feels a certain type of way within the family. But nobody would dare to express it, express how they feel unhappy, express how they don't like what's expected of them because of a fear of being rejected by their loved ones, by their families, by the elders of our families. And a lot of this is true for the first generation Latins, millennials, 
They often feel pressure to stick it out with the family, living in fear of being their authentic selves or branching out because of what the other families might think or say. Haven't you ever been told like, don't move, don't go to college in another state, stay in the, or let alone another city, stay close to the family. Oh, you don't need to do this. Go and work here. It's safe. You know, the older generation, the family has always tried to enforce on us that we need to take the safest route and you don't have to be the first generation um latins you know in your family you can be any generation of, the, of them but you've always been told like you have to take the safest route instead of exploring and trying and failing and all that for whatever reason that that may be a lot of our older generation dealt with money financial issues job security um putting food on the table and a lot has changed since then you know more jobs are there's I'm not going to say more jobs. There's a lot more jobs, though, that are secure, offer your benefits, can help you put food on the table, live a life, whatever. And they're not necessarily here. They're not a government job. They're not a city job. They are creating your own business. Do this, do that. How many times have you been told that your dream or your passion that you're pursuing isn't going to get you anywhere? And you don't have to be Latin for this because this has been told in many, many cultures, like, what are you doing? And we see it advertised in TV shows all the time as like, why do you want to be an artist? Why do you want to be a musician? Why do you want to be a painter? Why do you want to be a clothing designer? It's not going to go anywhere. Why do you want to start a nonprofit? You're not going to make any money. But if you're happy doing it, isn't that all that matters? I believe so, guys. Look, I'm here for traditions. I love good family traditions, especially old Latin traditions, but ones that are outdated and the majority of these are like expectational China traditions. They're not good. Hit me with the pandose, the horchatas, all this other fun stuff, Christmas things, whatever. Yes, that's fun. Easter, like, come on now, he has risen. Like, those are fun things to do. You know, those are fun traditions. But when it comes to the traditional expectations that give us trauma, I don't think so. Throughout the entire movie, Abuela mounts misplaced blame on Mirabelle as a reason for why the family is losing their gifts. The teen puts her foot down and points the mirror right back at her, and she just lets her have it. And I was just like, yes, queen, like, fucking tell her. Like, seriously, I was totally rooting for her at that moment. And being, having been in that moment once before, yeah, really resonated with me. Quick story on that. And I'm going to, yeah. I'm just going to tell it because I do tell this to people and oh well. So back when I was actually in the dating game, well, I wasn't dating too much just yet, but I was getting my feet wet a little bit, right? I was hanging with one of my friends, Missy. And me and Missy would go out. We would go have dinner together, go grab drinks. We'd go out to the bars together, you know, and that's my best friend. And um, shout out to Missy. Love you, girl. But, but I was confronted one day by my grandmother and she had came to me and was like in front of my grandfather and my mom and my dad and she told me oh excuse me i had a burp and she told me why are you going out with missy and i was like because that's my friend she was like well i heard that you're gay you're a lesbian and i was like well so what if i am like who gives a flying fuck and she was like you are that's just you know she and the reason why, and this was like years and years and years ago, okay? And another reason why she said that is because that's not normal. Like, she didn't grow up with all this, like, there. Which, yes, I am very much so firm believer. Like, hey, you need to um, get with the times. And if you don't got nothing nice to say, like, don't say it at all. But anyway, she heard this from one of her sisters, right? And all I'm going to say is, 
she is much more of a gossip column than I put in celebrity on a weekly basis. So there's that. But anyway, she came at me sideways saying, well, you shouldn't. And I was like, well, what's the problem? If I was, oh, well, like too bad. And then my grandfather was just there. You know, he didn't say anything. And my mom just looked shocked and stunned. And I think my dad was just like, what's going on? And my stepdad, not my real dad. Um, but I had to pop off on her the same way Mirabel did, except mine wasn't as nice. And by nice, I mean, mine wasn't PG or G. I honestly and literally told this to my grandmother and everybody that was there remembers it to this day I said I'm not gay but so what if I was I like dick in and around my mouth and then I left and I went to go have dinner and drinks with my friend Missy and we had a fucking grand old time well I know you might be like Belle why don't you have any respect for your grandmother why did you talk to her like that first off the dynamic of my family is very chill especially after I became an adult because I did change the way that people talk to each other within my family to make it okay to talk about sex um although when it comes to being part of the alphabet mafia the older generation some of them just don't understand and meet about does what so many latin millennials working to break generational trauma want to do stand up to the root of the issue just like i did with my grandmother to the very person causing the hurt and pain with her saying luisa will never be strong enough isabella will never be perfect enough mirabel firmly tells abuela you're the one breaking our home the miracle is dying because of you Ooh, when i say the drama the drama that abuela just got like it was in that moment we saw her like <gasps> clutch my pearls and what the fuck is happening right now prior to this moment mirabel had saw a vision of the house breaking and cracking and told abuela at antonio's um party because he got his ma um his magical power right and abuela dismissed her by saying nothing's wrong with the house like you're and gave her like this stone cold look which I've seen 50,000 times <laughs> from my abuela and and dismissed her and acted like she just wanted the attention and that's what I got also from some other of the cast or the characters in the movie was that some of the other family that wasn't older but they were just like the parental figures like the aunt and the uncle and well not her mom but they were just like oh she's always trying to get somebody else's attention she's trying to take away the spotlight from this person when that was not true at all and this movie is about the housebreaking right but if you think about it because they all keep saying towards the end we need a new foundation and that's exactly what a lot of our families need they need a new foundation because there's so much heaviness there. And that's one thing I think that you can do at any point in your life or any journey that your family's on. And even if your family won't listen to you, you can always create a new foundation for yourself as a single person, as a couple, as your own little family, you know, you got some kids, got some pets, whatever. You can create your own foundation, a healthy foundation to grow on. And to build a house i really really liked the the play on words and imagery here when it talked about foundation and how it takes everybody in the family to make this house a home and to bring everybody together you know building a new foundation with your family can take a lifetime to do but there's no better time to start than now if you don't start how are you ever going to get there and i don't 
fully agree that a good family foundation is built strongly from person number one. Because let me just tell you, do you know how often foundation has cracks and needs to be fixed? Like if we're actually talking about homes, it goes through a lot of pressure, a lot of struggle, all this, this and that, which now that we're fixing to move on, we're going to talk about Luisa. First, I do want to say thank you to Las Ofrendas on Instagram for sharing this really, really good post about Luisa. They also shared a post which somebody had did a whole little character examination on Luisa with Encanto. So like I said prior, Luisa was given the strength. And as a result, every job in town that required a little bit of muscle got thrown at her. And under the expectation of being the, quote, strong one, Luisa always just took on every task to her no matter what she was doing at that point in time. Guys, I don't even understand how this really resonates with us because we will drop anything at a pin drop and whatever kind of drop. I had something on my head, I was going to say it, but we would drop anything for our, our family. Whether it's, hey, so-and-so needs to be picked up from school. Hey, can you go do this for me? Can you go do that? A lot of times we do it out of love, right? But when we feel obligated to do something because we're part of this family, it becomes kind of a burden. They never highlighted this in the dialogue, but in almost every scene she was in, someone was asking or really telling her to pick up something or to move something. And she just always went and did it with no complaints. As she walked through the town, everyone who saw her had a different request. Even after she was told to round up the runaway donkeys while she was carrying the donkeys on her back, someone else still walked up and said, hey, can you straighten my house? And she just did it and kept moving. Her song, Surface Pressure, which was so perfect, it was just, oh my gosh, I just can't. It's not only a slap, but cheese. So anyway, <laughs> service pressure was such a perfect expression of what it's like when you're considered the strong one and you've been conditioned to live up to these expectations. She perfectly expressed how it felt and how it is to maintain a strong exterior, even when under the pressure, you're crumbling. Guys, seriously, Hold on, I'm gonna play a little bit of song for you in case you just like can't hear it behind right now. Like you kind of need to hear it if you don't know what I'm talking about. Bring circus under the surface. Was Hercules ever like, yo, I don't wanna fight Cerberus under the surface? I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can be of service. A floor crack, the straw in the stack, that breaks the camel's back, what breaks the camel's back? It's like a drip, drip, drip that'll never stop. Whoa. Fish that'll dip, dip, dip till you just go pop. The line that hit the majority of us, I'm sure, was under the surface, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service. Like, I think it did for most people, aside from myself, who's been assigned strength. Haven't you ever been told to be strong for your family? Even in just that instance, during a tough situation, regardless of what it is, you're told to be strong. Countless times I've been told to be strong for many things. And that's one thing I don't like being told is to be strong. Oh, you got to be strong with this. You got to do, the, you know, don't let it get to you. Be strong. And, you know, I know people say it to me on accident, even though they know, but it's just something I actually, 
actually, sorry, I actually hate. It's, it's not fun because I've always been the strong one for my family, at least. But just like so many others, I know I am friends with so many um, men and women and thems and theys who are so strong for their own families because they have to be. They need to be. Their family depends on them for that kind of comfort and security. But yet, who catches us? Who catches them? Who catches you? Hey, we are all at a breaking point at some point or another. Sometimes this just becomes way too heavy on us. And it's pretty trash, you know? Feeling when you first realize the people only value for what you can do for them. And unfortunately, some people internalize that feeling to the point to where they overwork themselves past burnout in an attempt to always remain, quote, valuable. The problem with this mindset is that you remain valuable to everyone who needs you, except for yourself. This is why I tell you guys, taking time out for yourself is so important. And what I've learned in therapy is to just say no to people. Like regardless, friends, family, whatever it is, like say no because your own well-being and self-worth is so much more important because like one thing I do take from my grandfather, you can't help other people if you're not helping yourself. And if you're not well, you can't help those that are unwell. When Louisa started losing her gift, her intense emotional reaction was a lot less about losing the power and more about her fear about losing the relationships and connections. She'd been conditioned to genuinely believe that she could not be everyone's mule, she would be discarded. And the clearest example of that was the way the family treated Mirabel. Haven't you ever been told or overheard someone telling someone like, don't be like so-and-so? Do you see what happened to, you know, A, B, and C? You don't want to be like them. Don't be like them. We're told that all the time, right? So in this instant, when Louisa sees Mirabel basically get treated like trash from Abuela, like Abuela don't love her, don't care for her. Louisa is so fearful because she needs that love and acceptance from her family. And she is just so scared to not get it. Abuela pretty much emotionally discarded her. And that's what we all, we, we fear being thrown in the trash. It, it just happens. Like that's exactly how we all feel. We want to be wanted. We want to be needed. We want to be loved by somebody. And especially within our own family, which comes first. And you know, it, it, it's hurtful. It's definitely hurtful to not feel like you are a part of your family in some capacity. But Louisa saw the blueprint and was terrified that it could be her as well, which I only believe encouraged her more to take on everyone's burdens. Speaking of a burden, the most clear symbol of Louisa's role in town was the animal that was almost in every scene she was in, the donkeys. The donkeys are literally classified as beasts of burden because they only used to carry and move things for people. Louisa was the whole town's beast of burden. And the worst part to me was how attached she was to that designation. One of the small scenes that illustrated the dynamic so clearly was when Mrs. Guzman commanded Louisa to get the piano without even looking at her. And Louisa rushed in trying to do it. And at that point, that is when she had already lost her powers and she felt useless, worthless. And she was sobbing and crying. And guys, you've all been there. We've all had those kind of breakdowns, whether you want to admit it or not. And you don't have to tell me and you don't have to tell anybody else, but you know. And back to the song Surface Pressure and the part where she sung about her desire for relaxation and joy. I thought it was so interesting that while she was in her deepest desire, she had actually become the only barrier in her way of reaching it. At a point, the problem stopped being that people expected her to do everything and more that she refused to say no. 
at points even volunteering to do physical labor without even being asked. And towards the end, they even had to carry her to a hammock to lay down and relax. Haven't you ever been at that moment to where you keep on doing so many more things for your family or for other people that you love or care about, especially within the Latin community, and you're just so exhausted that you don't have any time for yourself and you honestly have to have people yeah, basically yell at you to go and relax. Because let me just tell you, although I'm talking about all this toxic, emotional, trauma, generational stuff, we, our families, they love us still, right? And at times they can see that we are just literally being a workhorse and going over time. And the ones that are truly there for us and see us like almost like day in and day out know like, hey, you need to take a break. You need to eat. You need to sleep. You need to do X, Y, and Z. That makes you feel good because you are so stressed and you are taking on too much, even though that's your nature because why? You were conditioned for it. Ah, uh, look at me. It's all coming back around, bitches. But that is what the most interesting thing about her character. The truth is that while maybe the people in town were using her, her family wanted what's best for her. The people she was most concerned about disappointing would never have discarded her anyway. But it was implanted in her mind because she saw what Abuela did to Mirabel. I say all this to say, if you've been assigned strength, don't be afraid to choose to be strong for yourself first. Anybody who doesn't want you prioritizing yourself doesn't deserve a spot in your life anyway. No pressure. Thank you for Las Ofrendas. And I will definitely include a link at the bottom of this to go ahead and read that quote word from word because although, yes, you heard me talking through a lot of this stuff, I was actually reading from a post that somebody named Wilbert Cordell Kaiser Moore wrote, which I thought was beautifully done and actually helped me navigate that a little bit more instead of just kind of rambling on because guys we know I can ramble like let's let's not play and now we have to talk about Bruno and the undeniable injustice that has been done to him in this damn story Bruno played by John Leguizamo was banished from the family's compound years ago by his own mother abuela which mm, we all have that person the <laughs> because of a magical gift he was given or blessed with which was to see the future. So Abuela began to fear Bruno's prophecies might take control over the family she made him leave. So in the song, We Don't Talk About Bruno, we learn from Peppa's lyrics that Bruno, her brother, and Mirabel's uncle ruined her wedding day. The weather had been perfect until Bruno walked in with the mischievous grin. And that's when she sings those lyrics. We get a glimpse in the future of Bruno and apparently it's just all awful. Then according to Peppa, Bruno says it looks like rain and then when they were fixing to get married, it was in a hurricane. So it was a whole bunch of things, right? But if you think about it, he's just literally seeing the future of what's gonna happen. Like don't kill or hurt the messenger. And can we talk about that? Bruno doesn't control the weather, Peppa does. So who really made it like a horrible day? Sadly, Bruno is so conditioned to think that he's done something terrible, like he's an abomination, when in truth, the cause of Peppa's wedding day debacle was at best a misunderstanding on her part about what Bruno was saying to her, and at worst, her attempt to lay blame on him for the inability to control her emotions, thus resulting in terrible weather that befell them that day. Look, girl, you are you are the drama, and I'm going to need you to get it together, Peppa. Like, this was no fucking reason. But anyway, Bruno's clearly the black sheep of the family and he definitely believes that even in his song that he sang 
he admits he's got a lot of apologies to say, but the apologies that need to be said shouldn't be coming from him. They should be coming from his sister and his mother. And the younger generation has been conditioned to think that Bruno is awful and just an evil being, especially as Camille shapeshifts into what he thinks his uncle Bruno looks like, which is pretty creepy and like lurky looking like what a creeper. Every single one of the family members, aside from Mirabel, portrayed Bruno as an evil monster and misrepresented him to members of the family that are too young to have a recollection of him. They all owe Bruno an apology and a big I'm sorry from Abuela for the banishment of Bruno and presumably the family's view of Bruno as a whole. Then and then only can true forgiveness happen in their family. And then and then only, of course, as we see at the end, the magic and miracles continue to grow. Guys, you all have that one family member that is looked at as the outcast, or maybe it's you. Um, sadly, when you've done nothing wrong but live your life, and yes, you've made mistakes, and yes, people make mistakes all the time, but you only hear the bad things about, you know, these people. And so you have a preconceived notion, and you're very much so conditioned to believe the worst in them, like, oh my God, they're so horrible. They're doing this. They're doing that. They can never do anything right. They can't keep a job. They can't do this, but you don't know anything else. You only know what surface level and especially for, and I'll even say for myself growing up, you only heard certain things about certain family members. So you already kind of have an idea of who they are and a preconceived notion of the things that they're capable of. And in this case, that's exactly what they did. And let me just tell you, Latin families, they gossip a lot. They tell a lot. And some of them don't even tell truths. Let's be real. Or not just truths, but even twist stories to make other people seem innocent when they're not. Or they just don't know the whole freaking story. And in this case with Bruno, they place blame on him for basically telling him the future. And they couldn't handle it. Like I said before, don't shoot the messenger. The moments that really got me, of course, is when Mirabel finally saw her uncle. And the saddest part of all, which literally brought me to tears, was the fact that he couldn't see himself to ever leave his family hiding in the walls of the house and creating his own dinner plate in the kitchen area. Well, behind the walls, of course, so he can have dinner with his family. And the only friends and people he had were rats. Although in that part, I don't know if y'all guys saw this or remember or go back and watch it because I'm probably going to watch it here in a minute too. But he was questioned by Mirabel and said, those cracks, have you been fixing them? And it's cracks in like the wall's foundation and things like that. And it's like, look, he's been trying to still fix his family even while he's hiding in a way because he loves his family that much. And he can't see him to tear himself away and live somewhere else and be anywhere else but with his family, even though they've mistreated him and treated him like an outcast. That says a lot for Latin families and just families in general to treat each other better because even though someone may have done wrong within the family or whatever the case may be, whoever you see as an outcast, they still 1000% wholeheartedly love the love you, love your family or wherever, whoever it may be. And it's something that especially with the older generation, they cannot like they hold grudges like no one's fucking business. Like they don't forget. An elephant never forgets. They don't forget at all. You can bring up an old story about Dia whoever, and then all of a sudden it's like, I don't still don't want to see her at Easter. That bitch, blah blah blah. It's like, whoa, calm down. That happened like 50 years ago. 50 years and four husbands ago. What? Truth be told, family is weird at times. 
It can be the most important thing around you and yet be steeping in toxicity. A lot of us, especially those from marginalized communities and backgrounds, carry a lot of weight that we just can't unload. And it's weight that has been slightly lightened over generations, but it's still heavy by the time it gets to you. And Encanto, I say, did an amazing job at discussing that without putting it too much for kids. Like they're seeing it, but they don't quite yet understand. <clears throat> Whereas parents and older people who are seeing it can get the concept of the movie on a deeper level. And I believe this opens up a lot of great conversation to have for not only with our older generation, but also for you know, if you have kids, our kids, it really does. And open up the communication even within your friend base, within your siblings. I think it's a perfect time to talk about these things and what needs to be changed. Or even if you don't want to say it, start making your own list. Make a checklist of how you want to go about and have a great foundation for you and your family and your future and your life. You know, because maybe your family isn't going to change or they aren't even trying to go into these new norms to fix and have a healthy relationship. But it does take time. So don't think that this is going to happen in a snap. It's not. It's not going to happen in a Thanos snap at all. And I will say this. A lot of the preconceived we feel like we're failing or we're not living up to our parents' expectations is because that they've planted something in us so young that we need to conform to and this is what we need to be. Um, from, oh, my child's going to be a judge when she gets older, or I want you to get married and have babies, or I want you to do this and that. And, yeah, no, it's like those, you might not think about it, but it's definitely traumatizing to somebody when they get older, because then you have that fear of I'm not living up to their expectations and I am not making my family proud or my mom, my dad, my grandparents, whoever it is, I'm not making them proud in a sense. So please be mindful and watch what you do say to your kids, to my people who do have kids and to my parents who are probably listening, who have older kids or whatnot. I mean, it's not a bad thing to be like, Hey, I see you kids. You're doing good to your own child. Even if they're a grown ass adult. Okay. Make sure that you give yourself and you know that you are one worthy of love you are definitely worthy of self-love and taking time out for yourself and that it's okay to say no I say that so much but a lot of the times especially with this movie Encanto it has to do with a very familial sense and you do need to tell your family no from time to time you cannot be the Luisa you cannot be the donkey, the workhorse, whatever you want to call it. You need a break. You are allowed to take time out for yourself and you do not have to carry the weight of your family on you of anything at all. I say this to you guys, but I say this also to myself. You cannot fix everything. And you know what? Do what's best for you. Put yourself first. And we all have felt at some point in our lives or continue to feel the same meanness we've seen from Abuela. I saw this in people in my family. Small moments that add up over time make you feel so small. They're meant to push you and they're meant to break you instead. And the pain is just too much to forgive at times. 
a lot of times people don't ever really forgive another person for the issues that they made so hard or them not being believed for certain situations of the past. And it's really, really hard. I mean, sometimes they don't get resolved and you don't forgive them until it's too late. And then at that point, you need to forgive within yourself. And you know what? If you can't bring up a a tough conversation and where you need forgiveness from a parental figure, then you need to really work on that within yourself and work on ways that you can let it go and you can forgive from within and you don't even have to say anything about it. I'll have to go into that deeper because we have talked about this in my therapy sessions on that. And I think that it would be a pivotal and entertaining conversation to have on the podcast. One of the last things I will talk about is how gut-wrenching the scene is when Abuela finally opens up to Mirabel about the past and a little bit why she is the way she is. And that's because, you know, Mirabel's grandfather died trying to save the community. Now, every day of Abuela's life since then has been spent trying to preserve the miracle his death left them which was the magical powers. The movie shows that the villain is driven by love. She's driven by the need to keep her family safe and to keep the Madrigals surviving and growing and honoring the sacrifice. Mirabel's response to learning this about her grandmother is understanding. Abuela's is too, finally. Like, finally, girl, you came around? Like, come on now. They talk to each other and they listen and they move forward. And in conclusion, Mirabel is not granted magic, but she is given a spot in her family and in turn uncovers how her mother's generation and hers were all carrying the weight of their powers. And I was just talking on forgiveness, but just know we don't owe anyone forgiveness, including our family. And what Encanto shows is how to meet them. When we can meet parents and family members who bury their trauma in us and learn from them, we can see the best intentions. And so long as our mothers, fathers, and grandparents understand their mistake, we can grow from them. Encanto showcases the doability of a family, the beauty and love that comes from it, and the unrelenting pressure and sadness that can come from it too. It's a call to talk, to see each other, instead of just pretending like everything's okay. It's not about forgiving our family, just hearing them and learning. So like I said prior, I think that this movie, 10 out of 10, like I can probably even give it more, but I really believe that everybody needs to watch this movie, if not multiple times. And it's okay if you feel like some of these characters, because you know what? So have I. I feel like all of us listening to this podcast right now can somewhat relate to a character within this pod, within this podcast, sorry, within this movie. If you haven't seen it, see it. It's on Disney Plus right now. I don't think they have it in the movies anymore. Um, although if they did, I'd want to go see it in the movies because I do like a big screen. And who can say no to Dra- Alamo Draft House popcorn and a cauliflower pizza? Don't hate me on my cauliflower pizza, guys. So I want to know, what did you think of the movie, guys? Did you love it? Who did you resonate with more? I am more of a Mirabel and Luisa. I mean, somebody of Isabella, but like, you know, no, but literally Mirabel and, Isab- and Luisa are like neck and neck for me. In all honesty, with a splash of Bruno. Because let me just tell you, guys, if y'all knew a lot of things in my life with the story of my family, woo, y'all would definitely give me a show on E. Which you know what? I better hit up Ryan Seacrest because the Kardashians on ain't on there no more. And I really need to be jumping on that ship like ASAP, guys. Anyways, let me know on the podcast page who did you reson- resonate with? why i'll even put something up in the um questions so that way you can go ahead or in the questions in the stories as a question so you can respond and you don't have and you can remain anonymous of course i'm not gonna like put it out there like oh so and so said this is what they feel like or this bitch feel like bruno or oh my god you ain't isabella like no 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 i'm not gonna do all that but 
I will say I hope you did enjoy this review and somewhat deeper dive into Encanto because it is just so much and I can go on and on and have a whole conversation on the multi-generational Latin toxicity and family traditions oh so much like the um what is it the what's it called does not exist oh my god I'm missing a quote from Mean Girls right now the limit does not exist there it is guys I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. I'll hit you back up next week with some more things that are less traumaful. Maybe not. Nah, I'm bringing all the trauma. Anyway, guys, till next time, thanks for tuning in to this extra special edition of What the Bell with Encanto.